Silence your cell phones now. What is good? Welcome back to the Pop-Off Podcast. I am your host, Ralph Campiano, and this is a conversation show about March Madness. We made it, gentlemen. College basketball, the best time of the year, the best time for sports, the best time for basketball, the best time for the tournament, the best time for competition, the best time for amateurs, and I am joined by two of my favorite people in the entire world, the host, the co-host of Rent Money, Adam Kapsch, making his return to the Pop-Off Podcast Network, and Skylar Reesberg, um, the host of College Basketball Rent Money, which really didn't exist that much this year. We're not going to talk about it too much. We're here now, and that's what matters. We made it to the tournament. It is March 14th when we are recording this. It is releasing on March 15th, and the, tonight the playing games will start. But boys, 68 teams battling for glory. We made it through the conference tournaments. How the fuck does it feel to be here? Are you guys excited to just watch hoops for... God knows how long this weekend. It's the only time of year I crave Buffalo Wild Wings. <laughs> oh. Are you going to get some? I'm I'm thinking about it. I yeah, kinda, that sounds I've nice. A, I think I'm going to go more Cajun this year, spice it up. But uh, I tell you what, it do, I think this is the pinnacle of, of all athletic competition. I think this is my number mm-hmm. one favorite event to watch, to tune into because of how much chance goes into it. You have to stay healthy all year. You have to win, you know, an assortment of games. It's you're, you're in Pan's labyrinth and it's you against everyone. And you're only going to face a certain number of teams, but like the number 68 popping out with the first four uh, doesn't ring as much as 64. So we'll stick with that. But I, I mean, this is it. We're here. This is as a gambling man. I mean, if this doesn't make your nuts jump just a little bit, thinking about what's about to transpire over the next few weeks, you're missing out. God, I could no, I couldn't have said it better myself. No, I'm yeah. I'm right there with you. We got yeah. we get selection Sunday. After that we have four days, essentially like two days, to just consume and consume podcasts, articles, literally everything about the March Madness tournament. That's all I've been doing. It's gotten to the point where I'm fried. I'm on overload. I'm ready for the tournament to start. And, and yeah, I'm geeking. This is better than Christmas. Sorry, Jesus. <laughs> I'm not sorry, Jesus, because you know what? Jesus doesn't have Brandon Miller, and I'm really excited to watch guys like that just absolutely hoop. This is another opportunity for people that you know usually don't have a lot of time in the limelight. This is their time to explode. Like you think of names like Kemba Walker, Shabazz Napier. I just named two, two UConn point guards because I've had them on the brain recently. Um, but guys like that, I mean, going back even to like Joe Kim Noah and Al Horford, like these people are eternal in our lives. Gordon Hayward, Matt Howard, like these people can go from no names that we have no familiarity with. They could just be another shooting guard on Iona, and then they can come in and they can just fuck up the entire tournament, and we're going to think about them for the rest of our lives. So I'm really excited. As like an NBA person, first and foremost, I love the NBA playoffs. It lasts a lot longer, though. This is just a scrunched atmosphere, and you just I just love the idea of like, so there's a tournament in Des Moines this weekend. Wells Fargo is hosting, I believe, eight teams. And just the idea of all those people living in Des Moines at this time, being at the same hotel, running into each other at the arena, and kind of building some animosity towards one another, and then having to play on the same court, it's just a beautiful thing. So I'm really fucking pumped. And this year, it is wide the fuck open. Like you said, Caps, so unpredictable, so much chaos. 
I have no idea, like, if my bracket is better than anybody else's. I haven't really had the opportunity to look at anybody else's because they don't release until the tournament starts. But I don't know what I'm doing. I watched a bit of college basketball this year, but not a ton. I've probably watched 20 of these teams, maybe. I don't know. But I've watched one team more than anybody else, and that's Duke. But who are you guys thinking right now is, like, kind of a team that you're, like, looking out for, like, don't reveal too much about your brackets right now because I don't want the secret sauce, but captures there's somebody that you've watched this year that you're really like just attracted to and you're like, I'm going to put my balls behind them other than the Hawks. Yeah, I mean, if you've been following the NFL at all for the last however many years, uh, there's a guy that stands out uh, named Ray Lewis. Um, there's a, a a funny story about him actually killing a guy. Um, or maybe he didn't, but... Uh, apparently the gun was his hilarious story. Yeah, My hilarious story. story. You guys got to look it up. Uh, maybe yeah. killed a guy. Maybe didn't. Uh, it just so mm-hmm. happens I think they're accidentally playing reruns at the University of Alabama this year. But supposedly, yep. allegedly, right? This guy had a gun, or he had a car, and he drove a, a car, and he had a gun, and uh, somehow guns involved, right? fucking founding fathers and their second amendment uh what are you gonna do but somebody's dead yeah. somebody's child is dead and uh long story short that's a team i don't really want to fuck with right in the paint like <laughs> like if i'm driving through the paint i'd rather not have a guy who's willing to murder for seemingly way less than what's at stake here uh then you know like i I'm probably just going to take a deep two, and that's not a high percentage look according to the Houston Rockets analytics team. And I know for a fact that, you know, that that's a defense that wins championships as proven by the Baltimore yeah. Ravens. And so that's a team that I'm definitely so, looking at. This is actually an angle on the story that I haven't heard, the fact that Coach Nate Oates – strategically planned this entire investigation and um, storyline of a, a murder so that way people would start shooting deep twos against them instead of coming into the paint. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just, you I know mean, what? I've been I love the way your brain it. works. Yeah, and that's why they call him Coach Steel, Steel Cut. Yep. Steel Cut yep. Oats, baby. He knows what he's fucking doing. He, he's tough. I, I, I Actually, I was curious about this. I was thinking about this today. So the two top NBA prospects, and we don't have to talk about the NBA, but um, are Scoot Henderson and Victor Wembanyama, two guys that are not in the college basketball tournament because one plays for the G League Ignite and then one is French. Brandon Miller, he's the third overall pick on most boards right now. He could be second overall on a lot of boards, but because of the scandal, you know, he's probably around three, but he's ridiculously talented, right? But I feel like we always have a good feel for who's the best player in college basketball when we enter the tournament, whether it's Drew Timmy the last couple of years, Tyler Hansborough in the past, um, you know, a bunch of guys like that. Is Brandon Miller the best player in college basketball right now? Is he the walk-away Naismith player of the year, or does that guy even exist? Like, last year was Oscar Sheebway. Berg, is there somebody else other than Brandon Miller that's, like, just a guy who could carry his team and go for 30-10 and 10 every game throughout the tournament, or is Brandon Miller just that dude? I, I lost. Brandon Miller is definitely that dude. On the flip side of that, of of Caps's story right there, I, I think there's a conspiracy against Alabama. They're the number one overall seed. Everyone's saying they're going to win the tournament. Uh, that's everyone's number one pick, I feel like. And I, mm-hmm. I don't think the NC. I'm in the conspiracy that the NCAA is not going to let it happen. Uh, don't call me a conspiracy mm. theorist, but 
don't know. I like Bama. Brandon Miller brings a lot to the team. But if we're talking NBA prospects, there's a lot of fun ones in this tournament this year. I like Arkansas's starting five. I think like three or four of them are projected to go to the uh, projected to be drafted in the NBA tournament. If we're if we're talking players, I was just looking at a guy, Ricky Councils, the fourth, the fourth. So if you're the fourth in the family, I feel like the other three have to be good. You, you don't just keep naming people after it. You, you're not a fourth if the other three were bad. So this man's the fourth. He's bringing four times the amount of greatness that the OG Ricky Council is bringing. And I mean, fuck it. He's a transfer from Wichita State. He's six six. He's going to be yamming. Uh, I don't know about players going to the NBA that I'm excited about, but I'm excited to watch this Arkansas team. Even if they don't make a deep run, being an eight or nine seed, having to go up against a one seed, uh, they're athletic, they're fun, they might be clicking right. That's where I'm at right now. I like your point about family tradition and names. Like I, you said, the fourth, the first one that came to mind was Lonnie Walker, the fourth, former Miami great, good shooting guard, explosive, bouncy, plays for the Lakers right now. And just anytime you can get some Roman numerals on the back of your jersey, you have to fucking do it. Like I always thought, I'm Ralph James Campiano the second. If I would have just had Campiano and then just two eyes right next to it, that would have been filthy. Like I would have looked so much cooler. And I always think of like, I don't know, this time of year. It's guys like that that, like, I have no idea who they are right now on March 14th, but then by March 20th, I'm obsessed with them. Like, I'm following them on Instagram. I know who they went to prom with. I know exactly what kind of breakfast they like to eat. I know what their weight schedule is. Like, that's the beautiful thing about March Madness is I don't know who these people are right now. They could be a morsel of existence. That just does not matter to me. But a week from now, you bet your bottom dollar I'm going to know their middle name and where they're projected in the draft. And that's just kind of like the magic of March Madness like I can't get over it like we have let's see 34 games that are going to occur between Wednesday and Friday all right and then we have what another 16 games in between Saturday and Sunday right there that's 50 fucking basketball games that I just get to sit down have no worries about except for my gambling perspectives and all that kind of stuff but like I really don't have allegiance to a lot of these teams it's really just me and Duke I'll root for Iowa I'll root for Iowa State things of that nature but right now it's just me and a bunch of guys out there that are ready to put their fucking balls on the line and just dive like the other thing is like I was watching press conferences the other day it's the best press conferences of like kids who are quote-unquote retiring from basketball because they're seniors and this is their last opportunity to win championship there's something raw and emotional about college basketball where it's like yeah like most of these guys aren't going to go to the league and this is going to be the end of their career and other than this it's just going to be YMCA ball so I think there's just a rawness there that's like it brings out the most in me. It brings out the most in them. And um, it's vasectomy season, baby. I'm, I'm ready for this shit. It's vasectomy season. Damn. I mean, that you're, you're speaking to every college basketball fan right there. The one and done. The, the fact that there's like 25 or 27-year-olds with this, with this COVID eligibility now that are in the league. Mm-hmm. You know, the Oral Roberts team. Year olds. The Oral Roberts team. There's dudes older than me in this fucking it's tournament. Literally. It's so weird. The Oral Roberts team is, their average age is older than the Oklahoma City Thunder. <laughs> and if that's not what right for, now. I don't know what is. 
<laughs> that, that, all right, that, let's do it right now. So I'm, I'm doing my bracket today. Um, my girl is uh, doing her bracket for the first time, and she looks at her bracket, and she just liked the fact that they had the word oral in her college name. So she automatically just, just picked Oral Roberts with no indication knowing that they were playing against Duke. And so they, they play against Duke, and as a Duke fan, I was, I was pretty pissed off. But she just wrote down Oral is the first thing that she did. But you're telling me that they have an average age of 27 years old? I, no, I no, right no, 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 no. Their average age is 22 and a half. 22 and a half. Okay, so that's mm-hmm. all right. But they have a 27-year-old on the team. Average age is 22 and a half. I can tell you that's the average crazy. age of Duke's starting lineup is probably 19.1, maybe. I mean, maybe. we start four freshmen. Oh, not even no. close, dude. Like, we, we got a bunch of one and dones over here. Um, so, yeah, that actually makes me kind of nervous because, you know, experience is what matters the most. But Duke's been rolling recently. I don't mm-hmm. have to talk too much about them, but they looked amazing in the ACC tournament. I'm really liking this lineup. They're huge. We have two seven-footers that are really skilled and talented, and Derek Lively and Kyle Filipowski. If you haven't watched them this year, I don't think you're going to hate them as much as you have in the past. I'm curious where you guys stand on this. If you watched them in the ACC tournament, did you still have that same intense anger when you were watching them like they're not slapping the floor anymore coach k isn't being a gringotts goblin on the sideline anymore do you guys still have like a a, an intense hatred against them i'm curious we asked this question at the beginning of the year but i don't know like it's all played out and you guys have seen them now what's it like for you no 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 what it's like with duke now is i definitely don't they're not they don't live rent free in my head as much anymore I'll say that uh, I think mm, bringing up okay. the little goblin on the sideline is is a big point I don't know why that that guy as as much as I feel like people kind of push out he, he doesn't look like a bad guy that's what I'm trying to say I, I don't think he ever looked evil but there was just something sneaky and and green guts about him that you just didn't like mm. and so now that he's gone, I definitely don't hate Duke as much, but the point I always try to drive home is he just left last year. Yes, they have John Shire, who people seem to love now, and people want to give Duke a chance. They're still blue blood, though, and with blue bloods, if you're not talking to the if you're talking to the common basketball person that's not a blue blood, not a Kansas, uh, Kentucky. Duke fan, then we don't like Blue Bloods. And so that history is still there with them. They're still starting a starting five of of handpicked people that they wanted because they're Duke. And I want to see him fail. As much as I'm surprised by them clicking right now a little, I was really kind of out on them midway through the season, even even closer to March. Now everyone's I was too. Now everyone's hot on them again. And and I'm right back to hating. So if they lose first round Maybe I might be a little sad. It might feel a little weird not having a blue blood in there. But let's mix it up, and I think that's where me as my college basketball fan fandom, uh, I would love to see that. I tell you guys what, I think I think there's something worth unpacking here. Going back to the sorry Jesus comment, because there's a number <laughs> two seed called Marquette. All right, and there is where's my fucking bracket. They might not be a blue blood, but they're definitely a sky blue blood. Like hey. they're a team that they've always held some, you know, part of my heart. Right. They're Listen, not. Matthews, but then let's take a look. Let's take a look in the Midwest. You got Xavier at three. Uh, Colgate. I don't know if that's a Christian school, but it is a toothpaste. And what else is pearly? The Golden Gates. Right. You know. I'm so you. that's worth something. That's worth something. That might be worth unpacking. Howard. 
That's an HBCU. Jesus was black, so keep that okay. rolling. <laughs> um, St. Mary's. Ever heard of her? Need I say more? Uh, VCU. Believe the C stands for Commonwealth, but for the sake of this podcast, it now stands for Christian. Um, TCU. TCU. Does not not stand for Commonwealth. Um, It does stand for Christian. Arizona State. Arizona State. Kurt Walding went there for a little bit. (laughs) He's Catholic. Yeah. He's Catholic. Creighton. Um, How about Gonzaga? I'm waiting for Creighton. No, they're coming. I don't think they're Christian. Isn't Gonzaga a Christian? Gonzaga? Well, he was the they patron like saint of buckets. Like that. Well, that's still a form of Christ. It's just a reformed okay. version. Okay, It's like Jesus with plastic okay. surgery. Cover up all the holes. <laughs> I, I like your comment that Jesus is a black. Real, really quick. Because a lot of people, like our conception of Jesus is he's like a, a five foot eleven white guy with blue no, eyes and brown he was hair, hooping. and he's just a gorgeous man. In reality, he was like four foot three and like really dark, and probably had a, a big old mustache, and you know just kind of looked like you know one of the dudes that you might see working at a get and go, and that that's Whoa. okay. Like that that that's my Jesus. That was the real Jesus. But then there's the Ricky Bobby approach where it's like, you know, my mm-hmm. Jesus could be a little baby Jesus. Mm-hmm. So my Jesus is six foot seven and he yeah. plays small forward for yeah. some team in Lithuania and he's just got a fucking stroke on him. And he's probably yeah. 65% from the field type shit, yep. 48% yep. from three. And that kind of reminds me of the guy that's playing in Arizona, the Pac-12 player of the year. I can't remember his name off the top of my head right now. But that's and what my Jesus His name is John Cena. But like, <laughs> other other than that, we we eat Jesus orally. At mass on Sundays, Fact. so Duke's going down round one, and uh, Arizona has the Lithuanian guy that's Jesus, so they're going far. But no, I think all I'm saying is my favorite thing about March normally is there's like a handful of teams that can win it. This year, there's 68 teams that can win it, and I have no fucking clue who's gonna pull this off. Um, there's a lot of teams that are ranked super highly. There's a lot of teams that could do this, but I don't think anyone is like a unanimous, like what? 30%. What is the normal statistic of the true number one seed going into this type of shit? That's something I'm curious about from a public betting perspective. Well, I remember the year where Baylor Gonzaga met in the national championship. They were just like both the odds on favors to make it there. Like it felt like a foregone conclusion that both of them were going to face off and they inevitably did. And then it wasn't much of a fun game. It wasn't very exciting, but like we don't have any like heavyweights necessarily. We have a bunch of teams that are really solid, but like even when I'm looking at like 12 and 13 seeds, like I look at Drake as a 12 seed. I'm like, they could easily knock out a Miami and then an Indiana and make a playoff push to get to the sweet 16. Like, so I think that's the fascinating thing about this is I usually don't have a lot of confidence in those teams to make it far. I have confidence in a 12 seed to upset a five seed, but I anticipate they'll probably get bounced by the four seed in the next round. Whereas this year it's like, oh, Penn State's the 10 seed. I think they could put a fight up against Texas if they play in the th- round of 32. So I don't know. It's just an interesting year where it's like there is so much parity, but I'm, I'm not sure if parity is the right word because parity, I think it means equality essentially. And I'm not sure a lot of these teams are equal, but they at least feel like they're bringing different things to the table. Like there's a contrast of styles here where it's like, you know, 
Duke and Oral Roberts, for example. Duke's going to want to get up and down. They're going to want to play fast. Oral Roberts, they have these old-ass knees. They probably want to play a little bit slower. Um, I think about Virginia. Like, if they could potentially play against Alabama in the Sweet 16, I mean, those are two teams that couldn't be further apart. Alabama is just athletes all over the goddamn floor trying to put up 90 points every game, whereas Virginia is like, we're happy to score 60. So it's it's just one of those these years where it's like – you know, you have to have counters. Like, I think that's what I love about the NBA. It's like you can make adjustments throughout a seven-game series, and you can see those adjustments game by game. Whereas in college basketball, you get one shot at this shit, all right? So you got to make adjustments after every commercial break. Every four minutes, you got to be adjusting, adjusting, adjusting. It just feels a little bit more nuanced and a little bit more hectic at the same time. I agree that it feels like every year in college basketball – this time of year, we're always kind of saying, for the most part, it's so wide open. We have so many teams that could make a make a run for the championship and win it all. But realistically, what are we looking at here? Are you guys, are you guys thinking about? And I'm not asking for your secret sauce, but are, are you guys thinking about a, a non one or two seed, maybe even non three seed, winning it all? Yes, I mean, and I'll tell you who no it is. Am. They're a ten seed. Oh. <laughs> Never history. You're talking okay. history this year. Oh, he, he's talking I'm, Utah State right now. I'm talking Utah fucking <laughs> State. You guys want to run some numbers? Another Christian school. Let's run some numbers. Like, what do you got? I'm trying, to, I'm trying to find some numbers. They're way down on Kempom, I think. Hold on. I got to <laughs> I gotta control F this shit. <laughs> <laughs> they are pretty down there. I'm going to okay. guess they're like 64. Dude, they're 18. On Ken Palm, <laughs> overall efficiency. No way. Should they're known. a ten seed. They're a fucking ten seed. Their first round matchup, pretty tough. They can make it out of that. Uh, they gotta, they gotta have a long road ahead of them. I mean, I mean, yeah, they're gonna have to go through Arizona, uh, potentially Baylor or Creighton, and then if they make it to the Elite Eight, then they're probably looking at Alabama. So, um, I don't know a lot about Utah State. Admittedly, probably haven't watched them play ever in their entire history of my life and their collegiate um, history. So for whatever I, reason, I, don't know anything about them, I will but. say this for whatever reason, this is a team that I have watched a decent amount this year. I think it's because I'm always up around this time and I'm like, all right, let's fucking find a game to bet on here. Um, yeah. They are 13th in the country right now in adjusting efficiency for offense, 64th in defense, fair both ways. And they run a pretty average tempo. So they could get up and down. They could play it slow. I like that more than Are anything else. Are you supposed else. to be selling me on them right now? Because no. right now they just sound super mid. No, they sound super mid. But then you get into some of the numbers of they hit their free throws, right? They're top 30 in the country in their free throw percentage. They're they are 11th in the country from three point while also okay. still making buckets within the, within the arc. They're 36th there. They rank 75th right now in blocks, which means that for a fucking whatever conference team they're in, somebody's doing something for them. Let's get into, let's get into 75th. Let me tell you the guy to keep an eye on this year. His name's Steven Ashworth, the six foot one junior <laughs> out of God knows fucking where. All right. Let me tell you a couple things. Steven Ashworth is the 20th overall rated 
offensive player in the country, according to Ken Palm. Um, he's also ranked 319th in this category. <laughs> uh, fouls committed for 40 defense. minutes. He doesn't commit a lot of fouls. Okay, so that's a good thing, being 319th yeah. there. I think so. It's like He's, golf. It's like you want yeah. you want lower numbers. So maybe you should be higher. Fouls, yeah. Maybe you should yeah, be higher. That's how fouls work. Um, yeah. Oh, wait, no. He has 2.2 fouls committed per 40 minutes. So I think that's bad. But Trevin Dorius is 6.4. So he's a seven foot one senior, by the way. Uh, they also have a guy Ooh, on like the bench. That. They got a guy on the bench named uh, Sisman Zapala, who is 6'11", junior. You know what I love about college basketball is when people see a seven footer, they they just freak out. They don't know what to do when they see a seven footer in college basketball. Where it's like in the NBA, it's like Kevin Durant's a seven footer and he's just shitting on people and shooting sixty percent from contested twos. Whereas in college basketball, it's like holy shit, Zach Eady's seven foot three. He's fucking god. Like we don't know what to do with this guy. And he just started playing basketball at fifteen years old. But also keep eyes on Taylor Funk. He got he got pretty hot in uh, their Boise State matchup. Uh, where they they ran away with that one, they won by ten. Um, I don't know. Some about this team. Uh, they have uh, an average of two point eight years of D one experience. Um, their average height is above seventy eight inches, and uh, six foot six. Yeah, thank you. That is average. Uh, so you just named a bunch of Utah State players, so that's why you like them because you know all uh, their names. And, no, you know, I'm looking at Ken Palm right now. Palm. But hey, Max Scholga, <laughs> he could play a factor. <laughs> and Dan Aiken, don't even get me started on the the six nine senior. I'm glad that we talked about Utah State before we talked about other uh, key teams like Houston and UCLA, who are both no, missing no, two no, no, of no. their most critical players. You don't want to go there yet? <laughs> no. I'm almost I think if we're going to summarize what you were just talking about, I think we got to look at the number one guy you mentioned right away. That's going to be the factor. Is he on? Is he not? If he's not, I don't think these key players are going to be doing too much. Max Musha, not a factor. He's not going to be a factor. The 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 6'11 guy on the bench, he probably doesn't even come in. Utah State, dangerous team. Uh, look at the path, though. If you like it, take them. If you don't like it, first round exit. I'm going like to say them. everybody stay away because they're getting led by a guy named Stephen Ashworth, and he sounds like a middle school geology teacher. So I'm just going to uh, convince everybody do not ride with Capture on this one because he's, I think they uh, make it to the Sweet 16. Crack. That's that's my that's my upset of the tournament is they take out Arizona in a round of 32. Okay, maybe lose to Arizona, team, uh, but hey, they won a game. They're beating round by round. You got to get your points. That's my upset of the tournament is they make it to the Sweet 16 by beating Arizona. If Arizona loses to Princeton somehow, it's a lock. All right, you're gonna put your money where your mouth is on this one. Utah State makes it's already it on to it. the Sweet 16. Is it? Do you know the this, odds off the top of your head? Uh, I believe it is 3600. No way. What? What the fuck? It's only plus 440. Yeah, I just, I oh, thirty six hundred. Yeah, did no, you buy that line was... down from? Or you put thirty six hundred dollars on the plus four forty? No, I put thirty six dollars. Okay, 
No, so thirty-six dollars. If you want to follow Captcha's unit size, would grant you one hundred and fifty-eight dollars back. Thirty-six might have been final four. If you put them to make it to the final four, then I admire you. All right, let's see here. I'm a man of passion. If you're a Utah State fan tuning in, you're welcome. I'm sure. I'm sure a lot of big podcasts aren't covering uh, your team, so that's what we're here to do. Yeah, you, we we have a lot of listeners in Utah, so I'm glad that they, that we're talking about them. Uh, they're, they're plus like, four thousand to make it to the final four. All right, so I bought that was terrible closing line value. If I did buy that, I don't think I actually put money on that, but I'm pretty sure I saw thirty six hundred recently. It must have been final four. You know what? We're done on Utah State. I've said my piece. Are we? You don't want to talk about them a little bit more? I mean, if you want to get me started on Sean Bearstow, feel free. But in the meantime, I'm I'm gonna just throw it back to Berg and hear what he's got to fucking say about all these, well, these let, blue blood schools. I know. Let's talk about a conference that Berg knows a lot about, the Big Twelve. Berg, I have six teams from the Big Twelve in my Sweet Sixteen. I'm gonna read them off to you. Yeah. Really. You let me know how many of these teams are making it to the Sweet Sixteen. All right. I've got Kansas. I've got Baylor. I've got Texas. Those are all reasonable picks. Right, I'm mm. trusting Keontae George, Jalen Wilson, and then everybody with Texas, Carr, uh, Hunter, all those guys. But I've also got Kansas State. I can't remember the point guard's name off the top of my head, which is disrespectful because that guy's a fucking hooper. I love that guy. Which one? Marquise um, Noel? But, yes, Noel. And then I also have Iowa State and TCU making it there as well. So I have six teams in the Sweet 16 from the Big 12. Does that six sound reasonable to you? Who's the, who's the one you're missing? Is there one other team? Oh, okay. If there's just six, damn, you got them all. So you're a big heavy on the on the Big Twelve. Uh, I I don't think I'd go that far. I feel like there's always I'm a big narrative guy, and there's always that narrative going into the NCAA tournament of this is the best conference. This is the team that's going to show out. Uh, I, yeah, pretty much auto lock them to the Sweet Sixteen at least. I think whenever that happens, there's going to be a lot of upsets. Uh, Baylor's a team. I, I question if they make it to the Sweet 16. I uh, Texas, have something to say about well. Baylor. What do you got to say about Baylor? So, since 2004, 100% of teams with a top 10 offense in Ken Palm and a defense outside of the top 100 did not make the Sweet 16. This yep. year, Baylor like is the number two offense, but they are ranked 104th defensively. The other two teams to fall into this category are none other than your Iowa Hawkeyes mm. with the number three offense and number 167th defense and the round of 64 opponent of my Utah State, whatever the fuck their nickname is, the Missouri Tigers, with an offense rating of 10 and a defensive rating of 178. So put that in your pipe and fucking smoke it. Okay, what do we so do we're now? Going, we're going against the I like that stat. The Hawks. That, is that was a good stat. stat. That was 100% since 2004. I'm going to clip this part and put it way ahead of the other Utah State information because <laughs> <laughs> those stats were completely unnecessary. You're telling, you're telling me where Stephen Ashworth is from and where hey. he's born and what his fucking you know, favorite We'll leave the is. number one guy in there. Ken okay. Palm also has Utah State beating Missouri by four with a 62% confidence margin on a neutral site. I don't mind it. People are high in Missouri. I think they need to chill. Can I think Missouri is more of a fun exactly story. 
who who and what Ken Palm is. Just like break it down this to is, me in dude, Michael Scott terms, as simple as it gets. What what I mean, is and who is Ken Palm? This is a guy that essentially created like one of the best analytics ratings for college basketball for every single game, every single team with like efficiency metrics, you name it. And so, so he's a dork. Yes. Yeah. Um, if you took Google like picture all of, of you have it. like you would get, if you took his predictions on games, you would have almost like a 70% win rate on every college basketball game before books started finding out about it. And ever since then, it's kind of gone downhill because now books will essentially create their lines based on Ken Palm some of the time. And typically they match up like almost perfectly. And so it it used to be like a very reputable source that you could go off of to win money in college basketball. And nowadays it's just kind of the standard like books don't really want to fuck around with Ken Palm. There's a few other systems you can use, but his is one of the most world renowned and it's super cheap to get a subscription to it. Uh, Mason Heckman actually put me onto it. It's won me a lot of to money quote, recently. Uh, to quote the great Kevin Durant, uh, who the fuck wants to look at charts and graphs when having a hoops convo? So I'm just going to absolutely hammer Missouri because I'm I'm starting to build up a pent-up aggression against Utah State after hearing all this information. So you said they wouldn't make it to the round of the Sweet 16, but I'm going to put some money on them to make it to the round of 32. And I'd like to make a friendly wager on Adam Caps. Ten bucks. I got Missouri. You got Utah State. What do you say? Deal. All right. Actually, just the folks. next the the next month subscription of Riverside FM, our newest um, platform for recording. Deal. All right. Deal. I like it. Let's keep these bets going. That okay. was a good one. I think that's good information for the public to know too, because those are things where you can just people you might buy into the hype that you're hearing about Missouri or maybe Utah State, but Utah State's beating the metrics, beating the numbers. As much as we should listen to Kevin Durant's advice on making a bracket and that, to be fair, that wasn't such. about making a bracket. It was just about like, you know, this guy versus that guy, like a Jokic Embiid kind of argument, LeBron Jordan, that kind of stuff. Um hundred yeah, percent. I didn't mean to interrupt. A hundred percent. No, 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 you're good. Ken Palmer is a nerd, sure. Uh, but his everyone uses him. Sure, maybe Vegas looks at the lines, but all I use Ken Palm for is just to give me a little give me a little gauge. How good is this team? How efficient yeah. are they? Where are some weaknesses? And then try to chink that armor. Just find that and exploit it. That's what another team could do if they're more efficient in that area. Use it in that way. Don't take it to heart. Uh, there will be the number six team in Kempom could lose to the number eighty six team. No question. It doesn't. Yeah. It doesn't matter. It happens all the time. So look at it. Don't take it to heart. That's my it's point. game played by humans. At the end of the day, not numbers. Yeah. Not robots. Yeah. All right. This is a human game. Emotions are involved. Home court advantage is involved. Um, I just want to bring up a five leg parlay that I have. It's the only bet that I have on the tournament thus mm. far. It is a it. plus plus five forty three five leg parlay. I'm big into making the Sweet Sixteen. All you got to do is win two games. All of these basketball teams I've watched this year, I've been impressed by, and I've watched at least at least two of their games, and probably most of them in the conference tournament. If I'm being honest, but five legs, all of these teams have to make it to the Sweet Sixteen. All right, I feel pretty confident in it. Alabama, that's my first sure. pick. The number one overall seed. Seems easy enough, right? I actually stayed away from Duke in this because they might have to run into Tennessee in the second round. Tennessee scares the living shit out of me. No. Uh, the number two team that I have is I have Kansas. 
I have Kansas making it to the Sweet 16. I'm not sure if they're a national championship team after seeing that Texas game. Um, they had, uh, I believe it's McCuller injured, um, the Texas Tech transfer. I really like that guy, and he has some back issues right now. I think he's really critical to their team. He's kind of their glue guy, their connector. If he's not playing at the top of his game, I'm not sure if Harris and Wilson can get it done by themselves. I'm not impressed by their center. I think it's number 23 or number 24. KJ Adams. Adams. He's just a freak athlete. He looks like a football player that just started playing basketball. And I think that their backup center is actually a little bit better. They had a stat where he's like 82% from the field on the year. I know that's probably all off of dunks and layups and like hook shots, but that's still really impressive. Like even if DeAndre Jordan did that in 2016, it would have been sick. Um, The third team that I have is Arizona. They just won the Pac-12 championship. They looked sick against UCLA, who was also missing a couple of critical guys. Um, But, I mean, all they have to do is get through Caps' Utah State or Missouri in the second round after they beat Princeton in the first round. Uh, I have Houston, and that one makes me a little bit nervous because of Marcus Sasser, but they're the number one seed, and they're probably going to play Auburn or Iowa in the second round, so they just have to beat one of those two teams. And the last team I have is Texas. I have Texas beating either A&M or Penn State after they get through Colgate, and I think they can get through Colgate because they're just a speedy fucking team. I don't know what Colgate is like, um, but then you got A&M and Penn State. A&M's been looking pretty solid recently. Could be a little in-state rivalry. Penn State looks pretty good, but I just think this Texas team is pretty special, and I really like what they got going on there with their interim head coach, who I think has been named their full-time head coach. Um, so, yeah, there you go. Alabama, Kansas, Arizona, Houston, Texas, plus 543 for all five of those teams to make it to the Sweet 16. I like it. Uh, I do. I am a little weary. I'm definitely picking Houston past this team. But Iowa-Auburn, winner of that game, if it is Auburn, the game against Houston will be held in Birmingham, Alabama. So a little Mm. bit of an in-state game. I don't think it means much, but I think it's something to consider with all of this. But Houston's Houston at the end of the day. Uh, they were super underseated last year. Now they're coming in with all the respect uh, that they think they deserve. Are they going to be national champions? I don't know. It feels really weird to say. It feels like all the Zaga talk that we always do, just put, pitting these mid-majors already in the championship game because they had great – um, they had a great season in their non-conference and then in their conference as well. But at the end of the day, I, I still think it's the power five that runs it, uh, unless you're UConn and, and yeah, I, I wouldn't be, I like all of your picks except for Texas, uh, scares me. Okay. Well, before we get out of here, let's put our nuts on the table, boys. I want to hear the final fours. Give me the secret sauce. You don't have to tell me what leads up to them. I'm not going to steal your picks. It's a pinky promise, a solemn swear. Um, I just want to know who you guys have and where we might differ because this, like we've talked about, it, it's a wide open year. But I feel like a lot of the time, a lot of people are going to end up with similar Final Fours, and it's all about who wins the national championship to really determine who wins your bracket. That's usually the differentiator for a lot of these teams because I think you get what like 640 points for picking the national champion or whatever it is um, in the ESPN tournament challenge bracket. Uh, but let me hear what you guys have for the Final Four. I'll relay mine off really quick. I have Alabama representing the South region. Once again, just a ridiculously talented team. Brandon Miller, he's made it through a lot of adversity this year. The NCAA tournament's not going to be shit to him. I mean, this dude has fought gun charges and uh, police investigations and has just been remaining hooping. Got away with killing a guy? Well, not him, but supposedly being involved in giving the gun to somebody who killed somebody. Yeah, being a a supplier. I have them playing... Duke. Infiltrated, uh, of course. 
Duke coming out of the East region, predictable shit, I know. Um, I was actually in between Duke and potentially Memphis coming out of that bracket. Um, and then I have Texas representing the Midwest, and then I have Kansas representing the West. So kind of chalky, two ones, a two, and a five. Um, but I think Duke is a really good five seed. I really do. So I know people aren't going to like hearing that, but I really believe in this Duke team, as I convince myself to do every March. Okay. I guess... I'm excited to hear this. This is so entertaining. In the Midwest, give me give me Houston. I think they make it out if they uh, if they get lucky a few times. That's all this tournament is. Get lucky. Uh, they make it out of that region. Uh, I don't see Texas going far, but uh, who knows? Who knows? I got Tyrese Hunter, very, very stud. Uh, West, give me UConn out of the West. I hate to see Kansas go down, but wow. it, yeah, it's tough. It's tough to go back to back. It. It's didn't it hasn't happened since 0708 for a reason. Uh out of the east. This is where it gets a little spicy. Do it. Out of the east, this is this is wild. Give me Kansas State. They somehow make it out. Jerome Tang first year makes a run to the final four. And then out of the south, I'm gonna go chalk with Bama. They probably lose, but they're the number one overall seed for a reason. I just don't see any of these other other teams. If Arizona makes it, sure, but Potential upset. Give me Bama out of the South. So Bama, Houston, UConn, and Kansas State. One four, one three. Those are some new colors. I like that. You got some purple in there. Mm-hmm. You got some red. You got some maroon. Some crimson. And then you just got. I like it. Okay, Capshi. What do you got for your final four? All right. Out of the South region, I'm going Bama. Said it earlier. Sticking with it. I also have K State. In the East. Uh, I like to have a little bit of fun, though. The West is where we get funky town. I got UConn going into the Final Four from the West region. Okay. And the Midwest. The Midwest. The Midwest. um, I'm debating it right now. This is the one. The Midwest, I'm taking Houston. God damn it. But I have them playing Xavier. So you have the exact same Final Four. Right? I got to change my Final Four. You can't change that's, it. You can't change that's, it. There's no change. No, 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 I'm, I'm no, not going to no, change it. I'm, I'm just saying. That's, that's that's the bracket that I took to be like, all right, this feels safest. Because obviously that feels safest. But the other bracket I took, and this is where it gets really weird. Here we go. Um, mm-hmm. Lay it on me. So this one... I have Alabama still out of the South. Uh, But then we come in hot. We got Tennessee taking it out of the East. You're a prick, yeah. I I have UConn making it to the Final Four in every single one of my brackets. Yeah, not a lot has changed here. Just Tennessee sneaking in over Kansas City. And then Texas over Houston. (laughs) Wow, how fun. That's so fun. I'm going to do a way more fun one. Creighton representing the South. How about that? I have Creighton. I have Creighton in the Elite Eight. I love that big number. 11. I was so I was high on Creighton until they lost their guy. starting point guard, Nemhard, February 23rd. Since then, yeah, they're still a good team. They still have 7-1, Kalkbrenner, and 6-7, Shireman. They're going to be fire. They're going to be fun, but I don't know. And then I don't know. They, me, they uh, could lose first round. 
Yeah, out of the East, I want uh, Mr. March, who I think is not really Mr. March anymore because I haven't seen him perform that well in March in a while. Give me Michigan State and Tom Izzo. So, yeah, how about that, Caps? I'm having way more fun with my bracket than yours in in my secondary Final Four. Um, Out of the Midwest, fuck it. Give me Iowa State. Gotta love them. No. They just we haven't talked about them a lot, but I I love watching Iowa State. They just play a shit they're, ton of defense. They kind of suck so at offense, and they're really awkward and weird. But goddamn, are they greasy? Um, and then in the West, let's have some fun here too. You guys took UConn. Um, give me Rick Pitino. Give me Iona, a 13 mm. seed, making it all the way to the Final Four. And then he Same loses Mary's. in the Final Four and takes the St. John's job. Goes to St. John's, gets a penthouse in New York, just starts going fucking ham at all the clubs there, lives like a 35-year-old, and dies of a heart attack right before he can coach his first game at St. John's. So how about that? That's my fun Final Four. That, that, was, a little too four right that was like a Project X Rager. <laughs> I was going to say, I didn't I didn't say my like my fun Final Four has West Virginia. That's what you said. So you like, said you're... <laughs> what? And Marquette. No, like it's it. going to be... My, my fun Final Four is West Virginia... Uh, it's still going to be Marquette because Jesus. But then yep. I do have Drake. Jesus, of course. No, nah, I'm going to sub Drake out. I'm going to go Auburn. I'm going to go Auburn out of the Midwest. And then St. Mary's out of the West. St. Mary's wins it all this year. St. Mary's, right. okay. Now what? All right, well, we will be now back what, on Monday. After the round of 64 and the round of 32 is completed and we're approaching the Sweet 16, we'll talk more about college basketball then. For now, everybody, get your vasectomies in while you can. Uh, happy St. Patrick's Day. Caps, I know you're going to have a blast on Friday. Reesburg, I'm sure. I got my kilt ready to go. Uh, should going. be a lot of fun. And then have a great weekend of basketball. Don't forget there's going to be NBA on as well, but it doesn't matter. Just bet on it. Don't have to watch it. Just watch the college basketball. Don't All right. watch sports. Just bet on them. Yes, exactly. All right, thank you guys for listening. We will see you on the other side. We love you. Peace out. Silence your cell phones now.